Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. Man, it is a great, great day. Yes. Into the bring, week. bring another week to conclusion. Uh, yeah, Text Talk week here as we wrap up with the final discussion of Psalm 74, but we look forward to the first day of the week. It is the last Sunday in January, but the first day of the week coming up. Yeah. We're going to be worshiping God with our brothers and sisters here among the Christians on Livingston Avenue. We invite anyone to come join us. You can find times and location on our website, christiansmeethere.org. I will tell you too, on Friday, sometimes I want to think about something I'm thankful for, like fun socks. Fun socks. I'm thankful for that. I had a very good friend Uh who gave me some fun socks and I am wearing them today. You got them on? I got them on. My Chick-fil-A socks. I'm yes. a Chick-fil-A French fry. Oh, man, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> so these will be my new Friday socks. We got to have fun socks on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. All now, right. the other thing we do on Fridays is we look for Jesus in the Psalms. Yes. Always good Friday on Text Talk. I admit I struggled this week. Of okay. course, I've been struggling all week long, and you know that. Well, and I will tip my hat. This does not appear to be one of the Psalms that's quoted in the New Testament. Those are the gimmies. Yeah, no kidding. Those are the gimmies. We find Jesus there. And then every once in a while, there's one, even though it's not quoted, it's just so obviously messianic, like back in Psalm 72 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's read it again, and let's see what uh, what we're going to find here. I'm going to read from the Jewish Publication Society, the Holy Scriptures, Maskell of Asaph. Why, O God, hast thou cast us off forever? Why doth thine anger smoke against the flock of thy pasture? Remember thy congregation, which thou hast gotten of old, which thou hast redeemed to be the tribe of thine inheritance, and Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy steps because of the perpetual ruins, even all the evil that the enemy hath done in the sanctuary. Thine adversaries have roared in the midst of thy meeting place. They have set up their own signs for signs. It seemed as when men wield upwards axes in a thicket of trees, and now all the carved work thereof together they strike down with hatchet and hammers. They have set thy sanctuary on fire. They have profaned the dwelling place of thy name, even to the ground. They said in their heart, Let us make havoc of them altogether. They have burned up all the meeting places of God in the land. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet, neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. How long, O God, shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Draw it out of thy bosom and consume them. Yet... God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst break the sea in pieces by thy strength. Thou didst shatter the heads of the sea monsters in the waters. Thou didst crush the heads of Leviathan. Thou gavest him to be food to the folk inhabiting the wilderness. Thou didst cleave fountain and brook. Thou driest up the ever-flowing rivers. Thine is the day, thine also the night. Thou hast established luminary and sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, how the enemy hath reproached the Lord, and how a base people have blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove into the wild beast. Forget not the life of thy poor forever. Look upon the covenant, for the dark places of the land are full of the habitations of violence. O let not the oppressed turn back in confusion. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Arise, O God, plead thine own cause. Remember thy reproach all the day at the hand of the base man. 
Forget not the voice of thine adversaries, the tumult of those that rise up against thee, which ascendeth continually. Mm. One of the things that we're seeing here, we've talked a little bit about, is that this psalm seems to be written in the shadow of a destroyed temple. Mm. And the psalmist recalls uh, the attitude of the destroyers there, that they think they're overthrowing God. Uh, but, I mean, wow, to use hatchets and hammers to chop all the wood down and burn the whole thing down. And historically, uh, we know of two times when the temple in Jerusalem was utterly destroyed, burned, taken down brick by brick. Mm -hmm. You have uh, the conquest of Nebuchadnezzar, um, issuing in the 70 years of Babylonian captivity, and we've been talking about that, of course. But And that has to be the one that is specifically mentioned yes. in this psalm, right. because this psalm would have been written before the, the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. And then um, Zerubbabel's temple is built, uh, and Herod the Great expanded upon it, uh, you know, around the turn of... What do you call that? The turn of the turn of the, the calendar, <laughs> a, a millennia, a uh, century, something. and even the way our calendar is, yeah, it's, it's right it's at the turn from BC to AD. AD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, well, during he, the life of Jesus. Okay, there. Let's say it that way. During the life of Jesus, and then seventy AD, the destruction of Jerusalem at the hands of the Roman Empire, um, and that, that is recounted for us in the works of Josephus and um, various and sundry. And you've got, again, this time when the temple is destroyed, utterly destroyed, brick by brick. All that remains standing now is this western wall, which is actually a foundation wall that you can go and tour again. And uh, I bet you've seen it. I have. I've been there. I've Did seen it. Did it make it, it real for it. you? It, it's very real. It's very real. Uh, taking, taking the tours where you get to go down underground uh, and even explore some of the cisterns that still exist that fed that uh, temple system is, is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. But the point being, anything that was religious, the sanctuary, etc., all of that gone. is just completely gone. gone off the map. Yeah. And so, you know, for 2,000 years now, there has been no temple in Jerusalem. And so if I were Jewish, uh -huh. if I were still following that old covenant and striving to serve Yahweh with the uh, with the, of course, if I if I were, I probably wouldn't say Yahweh, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord, uh, with through through the covenant that He made with Moses. Yeah, man, I could see how this psalm would be one I would pray today. Uh, the psalm is evergreen. Yeah, yeah, it would be as as if I were Jewish, continuing to look for a Messiah to come, wondering why the temple's not there. Boom! Here's here's the here's the psalm to pray. If my eschatology is of a certain system. Uh, then I'm also praying because, you know, the end can't come and God isn't really winning oh. until okay. the Lord's return to Jerusalem. So would you like to a, name a, that eschatology so people aren't confused? Well, I just dispensational premillennialism okay, yeah, some of the different yeah. premillennialism yeah. ideas. Yeah. So, right. And so there, just to even say there would be some who call them, you know, some self-styled Christians that yeah. would read this psalm and say, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, we're it's waiting coming. on that. How long, we're waiting how long, on that how long until you're getting that temple? To get that temple yeah. built again. Hmm. Okay. So where are you taking me on Well, this? my understanding is that, yes, even in the days when the temple was destroyed in AD 70, it's not that God doesn't have a temple and that we should not be living in an expectation of a rebuilt earthly temple. But in fact, in the full plan of God, through the covenant of Christ, Christ has entered into a true sanctuary of which the earthly temple was a type, something made with hands to prefigure that eternal spiritual reality, which is not made with hands. Likewise with the temple, 
that there was an earthly temple that served as a type or to prefigure a true temple of God that we're taught about in Ephesians chapter 2, which is his church, his one body, his church. Mm -hmm. And those that are redeemed in Christ become the living stones and are built up as a temple to him. Mm. And so while we might be able to look at this psalm, I think, in a historical perspective and take some great lessons uh, that hopefully we have had in this conversation today, one of the things we pointed out was even with this earthly temple, the wood being chopped asunder, it didn't mean that God wasn't there. But as a Christian, I can say, even with that wood chopped asunder and it's wiped off the mat, it actually doesn't mean God lacks a temple. Mm -hmm. There is a temple today, a spiritual temple that is known in Christ. And so I think in that respect, we can see Christ in this um, psalm because God remains, his temple remains, uh, but this is understood in Christ, through Christ. Hebrews talks about Jesus going into the eternal temple, but I also appreciate this in chapter 12 of Hebrews, where our Hebrew author is talking about Christ's church, and he says to us as members of that, but you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So Mount Zion, and that's specifically mentioned here in Psalm 74 as the place of the sanctuary and the place where God's name dwells. Well, yeah, Psalm 74, verse 2, this Mount Zion where you have dwelt. Yeah. But the true Zion, according to Hebrew writer, Mm -hmm. is this church and, and the blessing of fellowship with Christ. He dwells there and we shall dwell with him. We who are part of that new covenant. And by the way, just regarding church, verse 23, the English standard says the assembly of the firstborn, but that's our word, church. You've come to yeah, the church of the, the, church firstborn. Of the firstborn. And that firstborn here actually refers to all the Christians, not to Jesus himself, but we, we, we don't have to get into that. But the idea that it's the church right. of those who have this place, it is that assembly Mount Zion. That's yeah. when you have come to this church, you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the dwelling place of the Lord. And so we we don't need to pray how long because that has been established. It's made and it's growing and we need to be yeah. rushing into it. Yeah. Not to juxtapose how long versus uh, Paul's writing in Corinthians, today, today is the day of salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, take this just a, another direction since sure. you've gone there. I, you know, a couple of things that I was thinking. Of. I mean, first of all, I, I will say that for me, one of the first places where I saw Jesus in Psalm 74 was specifically verse 12, when it says, yet God, my king is mm. from of old. And we've had these messianic psalms. We've had these royal songs that talk about the king. Yeah. And here in this little turn of phrase, what we find out is who's the ultimate king. The ultimate king is God. Yeah. And so it ought to say to anybody who has read this at any time in history, if, okay, I get it. God gave kings in Israel, but but the ultimate king is God. Yeah. And so when the ultimate king comes, mm-hmm. what should I expect him to be? Hmm, maybe God. <laughs> Oh, that's a great thought. (laughs) Which is exactly what we find in Jesus. But maybe if I can tie that together with what you've presented about the temple, because in the New Covenant and in the New Testament, this idea of temple actually does have a couple of manifestations and examples. Yeah. So you've brought up the church as the temple and us as the bricks and the mortar and the stone and the beams that are being built together to be that temple. But I also remember that as John began his gospel, he tells us about the word of God 
who's coming into the world, who's the life and the light, who's the creator and everything Mm -hmm. came from him. And then it says about Jesus that he came in the flesh and he dwelt among us. But that word is a fascinating word because it very literally it's he tabernacled Tabernacled. among us. He tented among us, which highlights that, oh, the tabernacle of God has come and it's actually Jesus himself. And you know, there, there was a day when the tabernacle, the temple, which was Jesus, was destroyed, mm-hmm. nailed to a cross, and it and he died, and it got put in the ground. And remember what Jesus said when they were accosting him in John chapter 2, in verse, 13, uh, verse 18, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? This is after he's mm-hmm. cleansed the temple. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Mm -hmm. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Here's Jesus and the temple of his body. He's cleansed the temple, that Herod's temple that you talked about, that second temple that was then being beautified, but still didn't have the glory from God, right? except in so much as Jesus was there. And they're saying, why do you get to clean this out? And he says, I'll tell you why, because you're going to destroy this temple, and in three days, I'm going to raise it up. In other words, his authority was not that that building was going to collapse and he was going to rebuild it, but the fact that they were going to nail him to the cross. And on the third day, the temple, the tabernacle, which was Mm -hmm. his body, was going to be resurrected, was going to be renewed and brought back forth from the grave. And when it happened, it changed everything. Amen, it did, which draws me back here to Psalm 74 and verse 12, the other half of it. Uh, You've talked about God is my king working salvation in the midst of the earth. Yeah. And how does he work his salvation? It is through Christ. Through Jesus. His death and his burial and his resurrection. Who, by the way, even though I know the words are just a little bit different, but when I tie this together with the promise in Genesis... As he did that, he crushed the heads of the sea monsters and the serpents and the, the Leviathan. Serpent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Steps it's just a Genesis three fifteen. That's right. Yeah, just a powerful, powerful thing. Well, the week has come to an end. It's it's been an up and down thing. I've struggled with Psalm seventy four. You've struggled with me struggling with Psalm seventy four. We are a struggle. <laughs> the, but, the listeners struggle but, every day. <laughs> but God is patient, and I'm just thankful. So why don't we go ahead and wrap up with a prayer as we close out the week? Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Uh, Thank you, Father, that we might be able to spend several uh, conversations and times together thinking with this psalmist, uh, surveying a world around us. And many signs, it seems like, uh, Father, that it's forsaken, that it's crushed, that it's crumbled, but to remember that you are there, that your plan is intact, that your name is true, and that, Father, there is salvation in the King, you, great, O God, that there is a temple in your church and great, great hope that we might walk in today. We pray, Father, that we might live faithfully to you ever how long you give us and to be with you in heaven forever, that true temple and sanctuary. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Today, we are pushing all the buttons. <laughs> I, I've ha- already have been all week. I've already pushed the button. Though, okay, so well, there you go. You're supposed to start the episode. <clears throat> all right, well, then we'll try it like this. Hello, Edwin. It's Friday. Hello, Andrew. Friday episode of Text Talk. Yes, it is. Have you got your Friday socks on? I have. You know what? I have some special socks on oh, today. Do you? But these are actually Chick fil A socks. No kidding. I've got Chick fil A socks. Check it out. Do you really? <gasps> We're matchy. I'm, <laughs> I'm the sandwich and you're the fries. <laughs> How about that? Dude, that's even better than sweet tea. <laughs> that's, that's it. We're the, we're the number one combo. <laughs> I'm the sandwich and you're the fries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're the number one combo. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. <clears throat> I, I feel like the way that one worked out, we probably can't use that as the actual we'll, so we'll intro. We'll try it one more time. Okay. <laughs>